Chapter Five of Pierrot, Dog of Belgium, by Walter Alden Dyer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. When the light again dawned upon Pierrot's distressed brain, he was conscious first of an intense sensation of pain and weakness. Then gradually he became aware of a weight upon his chest and a severe throbbing in his right hind leg he lifted his head but found himself unable to move or to reach his wounded leg with his tongue across his body rested the heavy thigh of a dead soldier pierrot sank back and waited till the dizziness passed and his head cleared a little then the universal instinct for self-preservation and the need to struggle for his life awoke within him little by little with long painful waits between his efforts he managed to drag himself free from the weight upon him he stood for a moment trembling with weakness as though to reassure himself that he was alive all was quiet about him though the sounds of battle still raged not far away he hardly noticed the forms of fallen men in the trench or heard their occasional moans then he dropped to his side again and made a feeble attempt to lick his aching leg the foot was quite numb and the hair was matted and caked but the bleeding had stopped as his small store of strength returned he discovered that he was cold as well as weak and the need came upon him the instinct of the hurt animal to crawl away to some sheltered spot where he might either recuperate or die it seemed to him that first of all he must get away from the horrible trench very slowly and painfully with one leg dragging he toiled up the bank and over the escarpment and lay panting on the snowy ground then after a little rest he started on again unsteadily toward a little thicket of shrubbery that had been trampled nearly flat by the feet of the grenadiers it seemed a long way off and he was obliged to stop often to rest when at last he approached the thicket he was startled for a moment by a brown hare which scuttled out from beneath the tangled bushes and went bounding off across the snow pierrot felt no impulse to give chase nor any wonder that the hare should have escaped destruction he burrowed under the broken branches and sniffed his way to where the hare had made a nest in the dry grass beneath the spot was still warm and pierrot curled himself up in it gratefully and fell to nursing his wound for three days and two nights pierrot lay in his hiding-place sleeping much of the time at noon the warm sun struck through the twigs which by night shielded him from the bitter winds the red cross motors came and there were sounds of human activity in the trench soldiers marched by but there was no rushing attack and no heavily shod phalanx came crashing through his cover in his dense retreat he lay undiscovered waiting patiently for life or death during the third day he became restless and slept but little he was feeling somewhat stronger and his mind had become more active his wounded leg throbbed less severely toward nightfall an imperative call came to him to go forth thus far strangely enough he had not felt keen pangs of hunger for it is natural for sick dogs to fast but now he was painfully aware of a consuming thirst he had occasionally reached out and lapped at the cool snow outside his covert but while that had felt good to his fevered nose and mouth it had not sufficed now his throat was parched his tongue was thick and dry and his head ached 
if you do not believe that dogs have headaches notice how your terrier thrusts his head against your knee next time he is ailing and begs for the pressure of your hand so pierrot crawled out of his nest in the gathering dusk and looked about him stretching his stiffened limbs and lifting his nose to the keen wind he walked once around his thicket and then started off across the frozen ground toward the dunes making laborious progress keeping to the shadows sniffing for water twice he heard voices and once footsteps approached and passed by while he lay still and waited cowering at last he came to a hollow where melted snow had formed a little pool he broke the thin sheet of ice with one forepaw and then thrusting his nose into the freezing water he drank long and gratefully with the quenching of his thirst a new life seemed to flow through his veins and courage returned to his stout heart but he was still weak and after a moment's indecision he crept back to his shelter on the morning of the fourth day he awoke refreshed but now a new need had come to torment him he was hungry sharp pangs gnawed at his vitals and all his being cried aloud for food he thrust his head out of his hiding-place and looked about sniffing the air over the edge of the trench he saw the movements of men and the sun glinting on rifle barrels and german helmets he drew back stealthily experience had taught him caution he had had enough of soldiers and of war he must wait all day he suffered the agonies of hunger and fought against the impulse to dash out blindly in search of food and as the day advanced he was conscious of an ever-increasing desire to go home a great longing filled him for his cosy bed in medard's stable for the home where there was always plenty to eat for the kind hands that knew how to cure a dog's hurts for the human love that had drifted so far into the past that it was like a dream of heaven the homing instinct became his ruling motive it obsessed him and drew him as with chains repeatedly he started impulsively out from the thicket and as often the sight of soldiers drove him fearfully back when at last nightfall came and the trenches glowed with little campfires pierrot sallied forth deliberately and cautiously first he sought again his drinking pool and slaked his burning thirst then he passed on into an unknown country in the dark he skirted the dunes followed a little watercourse for half a mile and then struck into a shallow ditch beside a ruddy road he trusted little to his eyes but ears and nostrils were constantly alert to detect danger and he gave a wide berth to everything that suggested man to his senses his sore feet had healed but he was obliged to travel on three legs by reason of his wound and he was still stiff and far from strong always his nose was searching earth and air for the scent of food suddenly he stopped and lifted his head from a shallow ravine a few rods from the road came a smell that at once attracted and repelled him there was the scent of men and of wood smoke there was also the scent of food the thought of soldiers terrified him but his unwanted exercise had made him ravenous with hunger irresistibly the smell of food drew him and he crept stealthily toward the low bushes that grew along the edge of the ravine peering through he saw with fearful eyes the glow of dying campfires stretching off in a long line and the shadowy forms of prone men wrapped in blankets 
on the opposite bank a lone guard paced slowly up and down pierrot skulked silently along behind the bushes till he came to a spot where the food smell was very strong directly below him was one of the smouldering fires and a few feet down the bank he discerned strewn about half visible objects from which the smell came grown reckless with famine pierrot crawled eagerly out from the bushes and fell upon the refuse of the camp a hard crust of bread the bones and offal of a fowl the beans clinging to the inside of a tin he devoured them all impartially one of the tin cans dislodged by pierrot's eager nose rolled noisily down the bank and the sentry opposite halted and raised his rifle quickly to his shoulder pierrot crouched back watching him the soldier evidently thought better of arousing his comrades with a rifle shot and suspecting that some animal was prowling about picked up a stone and threw it at pierrot it struck with a thud beside him and bounded up into the bushes pierrot thoroughly alarmed but still hungry seized a large bone in his teeth and dashed back through the bushes not waiting to ascertain whether he was pursued he ran for a mile across the frozen fields on his three weary legs before he came to a stop then making sure that he had fully escaped the danger that threatened he fell upon his stomach on the hard ground with the bone between his paws and spent a contented half hour crunching it until the last vestige had disappeared when dawn began to show faintly in the eastern sky pierrot sought a new hiding-place at last he came upon the scattered remains of a haycock in a marshy meadow the hay was damp and stiff with frost but pierrot dug his way beneath the largest heap of it and slept the deep sleep of exhaustion until the evening fell when he awoke he was lame and sore but he dragged himself forth yawned mightily and set his face toward home he felt not the slightest doubt as to the general direction but he had no idea of the distance there was but one thing to do plod doggedly along with his right hind foot held clear of the ground now and then he made a detour to avoid suspicious forms and again to follow up a scent of food twice that night he stumbled upon bits of refuse it was scanty foraging but it served to appease the pangs within him the next morning having seen no soldiers and finding the country apparently peaceful he was emboldened to continue his journey by daylight for the longing for home was strong within him but the attempt was too much for his weakened body and he was forced to give up before noon and crawl under a hedge to rest at some time during the afternoon a sound caused pierrot to awake suddenly and to leap to his feet a human form and footstep brought him to a quick posture of defence with bared teeth and bristling neck before him stood a young woman in a coarse grey dress torn shawl and wooden shoes she was not happy-looking and pretty like the newsgirls in brussels nor neat and fresh-faced like mere marie she was a squat dumpy sort of person with a pale face and dull eyes and her mouth was drawn down at the corners at first she was as much startled as pierrot and a look of fear overspread her coarse features that was not pretty to see but when she saw it was only a dog the dull look came back to her eyes and she stood stolidly waiting 
pierrot had never suffered ill at the hands of a woman and the snarl died in his throat the bristles on his neck lay down again and his tail began to move tentatively he took an inquiring step toward the woman the ghost of a smile flitted across the peasant's face and she slowly approached pierrot with her thick palms outspread the dog advanced a little nearer with a cocking of the ears and a look of pleased inquiry in his eyes then the woman perceived that he was lame her slow sympathies quickened and she approached and laid her hand on his head then she stooped and felt of his leg not too gently it hurt pierrot but he only gave her ear a little caress with his moist nose poor fellow said the woman in flemish come and we will wash it pierrot followed her as she walked toward a little grove of trees back from the road and entered the low doorway of a small hut there was no one inside except an old gray cat which at once retired to the rafters at this the woman gave a low short laugh the hut was a poor little place indeed and apparently the woman lived all alone in it though there was a man's smock hanging from a peg on the wall she moved about with a sort of hopeless indifference hanging a kettle of water in the chimney and building a little fire of faggots beneath it pierrot lay down before it and fell asleep again for he was still very weary when the water was warm the woman took an old rag and washed pierrot's wound he awoke and thumped his tail on the hard earthen floor for the warm water felt very good then the woman tied the rag about his leg and bade him lie quiet going to a cupboard she brought out a half loaf of coarse black bread and cut off two slices then she got a bowl and a little meal and made a sort of broth or gruel these she placed on the rude table and drew up a stool pierrot did not move toward the table but lay watching the woman with interest as she folded her hands and bowed her head presently she began eating her broth with a pewter spoon but she did not finish it she placed the bowl on the floor and pierrot not understanding how hungry she still was cleaned it in a twinkling then the woman gave pierrot one of the slices of bread and ate the other herself the gray cat it appeared was expected to forage for his own dinner pierrot stretched out before the fire again with a feeling of peace and contentment such as he had not known for a long time and slept soundly for many hours in the morning the peasant woman gave pierrot half of her scanty breakfast then she drew her worn shawl over her head and opened the door of the hut come with me she said pierrot arose regretfully and went out into the crisp morning the woman turned off toward the little wood but pierrot hesitated she had been very kind but she was not going in the direction of home not hearing his footsteps she turned and spoke again pleadingly come with me she said but still pierrot hesitated he was grateful to the woman and his first impulse was to obey her but from where he stood he could see the long road stretching toward the east and he knew that off there somewhere were home and the faces of those he loved the need to go on awoke again within him and with one little bark of farewell he turned and hobbled rapidly off on his three legs the woman stood gazing after him for a few moments a pathetic object in the keen morning wind then she brushed the back of her hand across her eyes and turned slowly away among the trees 
it was no three days journey that pierrot had undertaken this time for though he had no load dragging at his heels he found that he could not travel fast nor very far at a time he had only his instinct and a vague memory to guide him and often the winding road led him astray so that he covered many needless miles but he had ceased to fear the soldiers and dared now to travel by daylight and thus made better progress though he still made wide detours to avoid suspicious-looking people the clumsy bandage became loose and pierrot tore it off with his teeth but his wounded leg did not hurt him now save when he attempted to use it it was weary work travelling on three legs and on scanty rations sometimes he was obliged to sink down exhausted in a sheltered spot and wait till his strength returned sometimes when the pangs of hunger seized him he was forced to waste valuable hours hunting for food people in houses and peasants in the fields he learned not to fear and twice he was invited into cottages and fed but always he managed to get away after he was rested and never knew that he was guilty of ingratitude sometimes men on the road or in the fields called to him but he would not stop once a boy gave chase but pierrot put all the speed he could muster into his three legs and contrived to escape though he was obliged to lie panting for a long time after this race before he could recover it was hard for him to understand this loss of his old-time power he kept no account of the days and only knew that the way seemed endless but one afternoon the conviction seized him that he was nearing his journey's end there was nothing familiar in the objects in the landscape he had never been there before but something inside him told him it was so he pressed on eagerly whining a little to himself as a terrier whines when he scents a mole surely over the next hill or around the next bend he would come upon the old familiar scenes cottage and byre and the blessed fields of home over there just beyond were the well-remembered faces the happy voices of the children the capable kind hands of mere marie in his zestful haste he overtaxed his strength again and trembling with excitement and fatigue he was obliged to seek rest before sunset he slept fitfully that night frequently his dreams awoke him and he stood peering into the darkness listening for he knew not what before he remembered and lay down again but though he rested ill he was abroad before daybreak padding laboriously on all that day he travelled without food or rest stopping only for an occasional drink when opportunity offered there was never a doubt in his mind that to-day he would be home again no sound or scent or unaccustomed sight lured him from his straight course then at length he came out upon the road he knew with its rows of poplar trees and his heart began to hammer at his ribs heedless of pain and weariness he dashed blindly on around the bend in the road up the little lane to the place where home had been pierrot stopped in a panic of bewilderment the tile-roofed house was gone and only blackened timbers remained he sniffed about among the ruins for a time greatly troubled and then circled around toward the outbuildings they too were gone but near by was a small shack that he did not remember night was coming on again and pierrot was feeling very weary and forlorn and hopeless was this then the empty end of his long painful quest 
where was the pretty little home and the comfortable cow barn and the people he used to love had all vanished into thin air pierrot dragged himself disconsolately over to the strange little shack and sniffed at the crack under the door something in the scent drove him into a sudden frenzy of excitement he began to scratch vigorously and gave voice to one short sharp bark End of chapter five